Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hi there. Hey friends, I'm back for another exciting episode of Nick's Nerd News. I, I hope you guys enjoyed Marquis last week. He provided some insight on, on some things that you might not have heard about on here for, for quite a while. I know he talked about Pokemon Go and his thoughts on Red Dead Online and, and, and Daredevil 3 getting can- or Daredevil getting canceled after Season 3. I'm going to talk about that a little bit today as well, just so you guys can get my thoughts and opinions on it. But Again, I, I just want to thank Marquis. Thank you guys for, for listening and giving him a chance. But let's get right into the thick of it, huh? How about the Game Awards this past week, huh? That that was some some awesome gaming spectacle, was it not? And and how about the big three coming out right at the beginning of the show to, to kick things off? You know, Phil Spencer of, of Microsoft and Xbox, Sean Layden of Sony and PS and PlayStation, and then Reggie Phils, Reggie Fees on me, I, I don't know how you say his name, of, of Nintendo of America, essentially. That was great for them to come out and kick out, kick off the game game awards and kind of show solidarity, solidarity and, you know, focus on, on gamers and stuff. But was it just me or was pretty much else everyone else thinking that they were going to announce, like, cross-play forever across all the systems? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only fucking person thinking that. Cause, cause, like, the, when you see the three of them coming out on stage to do something, it's like, uh oh, what's going on? What, what kind of announcement are we getting? Like, this is major. But it was nice to see them play uh, nice with each other, essentially, and 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 do something together and show like that we're all gamers united and kind of going against that whole fanboy bullshit that that seems to take over the industry sometimes. But beyond that. Like I said, we got some major, major announcements. But the first thing I want to talk about before I get to that is how about God of War winning Game of the Year? How about that, huh? Everyone, everyone, including myself, thought like no way in hell that Red Dead 2 would lose. And, and with that being said, God of War is still an amazing game and it completely deserves its shot at winning not shot at winning it did win it completely deserves its award as game of the year don't 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 get it twisted don't think that i i don't like it because that game was was amazing but i just personally felt that red dead 2 and uh, among others felt that red dead 2 was the superior game just in terms of storytelling and other factors but beyond that it 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 got of war 1 and everyone accepts that both games are amazing and and that's just how 2018 went down, and it was just an awesome year for gaming overall. Like, no one's going to argue that fact. And and that just speaks volumes to what the industry was able to accomplish this year. But beyond that, let's let's get to the announcements, because while, while everyone does watch the Game Awards to see who wins things and things like that, I mean, ultimately, the Game Awards has become a place for studios to make huge major announcements because they know the community is watching and that this is you're not going to have you're going to have some announcements on par with E3 and things like that but at the same time you're going to have more more niche announcements that might not um blow the world apart but let let's kind of get in, into some of those right now the first announcement that was of major consequence you could say was the announcement of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 which is also going to be a Switch exclusive, surprisingly. But Marvel Ultimate Alliance, everyone loves those. the first two games. Was it? I think the second one was a Xbox 360 PS3 game. So last gen, almost over five years ago at this point. People pretty much thought that franchise was dead. Completely unexpected for most people for this game to come out. You know, you, when, when a tease starts with them, you think it's an Avengers game or something like this. And then it comes out to be Marvel's uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. And this one looks a little different from, from the first two. This one looks a little more cartoony, a little more strategy-based. Granted, I, I don't think I ever really played the first two. I, I know they were really fun games, and a lot of people loved them and, and hold them near and dear to their hearts. But 
it's interesting that it, it took this long for a third one. But the most interesting thing is that it's a Switch exclusive. And I'm actually kind of surprised by that. Marvel's been kind of going exclusive a bit with their games. Granted, they've, they've only had a couple, but... Spider-Man makes sense just because Sony owns the rights to just Spider-Man in general outside of the comics. So that was just, like, whatever. That makes sense. I'm just more shocked that Ultimate Alliance is is a Switch uh, exclusive. Maybe, I mean, what? I, I know Nintendo gears more towards kids. The Switch, not so much. But maybe Marvel and whoever's developing this knows that Ultimate Alliance is not so much... Actually, no, you can't say that because Uber fans and adults are going to get it anyway because it's Marvel and the Avengers are in it. So I'm I'm just kind of surprised by this move. And this might actually be a system seller for Switch, which is already, what, the number one selling Nintendo console in U.S. history, which is insane by itself because uh, while the GameCube wasn't a, a huge seller, the Wii was just breaking records left and right. The original NES just flew off store shelves. The Super NES... Uh, kinda, but I mean, I'm I'm kind of surprised by this. Very surprising. We also got a release date for Rage Two, which is coming in May of next year. Um, also, hey, uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven is a thing. I know I had talked about. Did I talk about that? Uh, or was that Marquis about a voice actor saying that he had worked on Mortal Kombat and it was in the rumors? And turns out it is. Oh yeah, no, that was me. That was two weeks ago. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 is a thing, and it's coming out in April, so not too much of a, a wait there. They showed off a trailer which f- showed off uh, Raiden and Scorpion fighting. Uh, Raiden's wearing a, a different outfit than he normally is, a little more red in color. And uh, he fights and f- beats Scorpion only to face old Scorpion. So uh, maybe there's going to be some time travel, some things like that. I wonder if they're going to integrate the like armor and uh, um, system. I, I guess armor and like clothes system that they did in Injustice Two. Wonder if they're going to integrate that into Mortal Kombat Eleven. But I mean, granted, it was just a cinematic trailer, so we don't. I'm sure we'll we'll learn more as time goes on. But holy shit, Mortal Kombat Eleven! That's awesome. Nether Realm just making awesome games left and right. Good good fighting games from them. Granted. All they do is Mortal Kombat and Injustice now. So that was awesome. And what was it? Uh, New Far Cry announced. And that comes out February 15th. But it seems like it's not a full Far Cry because it's actually only 40 bucks. So it's not $60. And it seems like it's more of a sequel to Far Cry 5 than anything. It's not really Far Cry 6. It's called Far Cry New Dawn takes place 17 years after the, spoiler alert, the nukes blow up in Montana at the end of Far Cry 5. And it seems like uh, Father Joseph Seed is coming back, uh, who is the main antagonist of Far Cry 5. It's almost like how Far Cry Primal was like a semi-sequel offshoot to Far Cry 4, uh, where it was the same map and things, but this is probably going to be a similar map, same area, but it's post-apocalyptic, new factions... And uh, and all the weapons look kind of like cobbled together kind of thing. So it looks cool. And I'm, I'm glad that it's only $40 and not 60 I don't know if I'd be able to stomach that. But especially in February when I have like six games coming out. But that that's no matter. Far Cry New Dawn's also coming out. So that, that's really cool too. And hot off the heels of in the Insane Remaster Trilogy that came out last year. Crash Team Racing is coming out. And that is, I think... June, and that is going to be a PS4 exclusive. No word on if it's going to come to the other systems later like the Insane Trilogy did. Uh, Crash Team Racing is is an awesome game, if I remember correctly. It was pretty much just Mario Kart, but with all Crash characters. Really cool. Uh, New Stranger Things 8-bit game was announced, which looks fun. And... It looks like it's going to be based around Season 3, I think they, they said, or or it will tie into Season 3. Features Hopper and um, Winona Ryder's character. I, I can't think of her name right now. A new game called Hades is coming out. It looks like it's, it's on PC right now. You can get it in early access on Epic's Game Store, which they just launched in an effort to like combat with Steam. I mean, hey, when you have Fortnite money, I, I guess you can do whatever the hell you want. 
But that game looks really cool. You play as a, I guess, the son of Hades, and he's trying to escape hell. And you can fight different Greek gods and stuff. I don't know. It looks fucking epic to me. That 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 was really cool. And hey, uh, Obsidian, newly acquired by Microsoft, announced their new game, The Outer Wilds. This game looks really interesting, actually. It looks like it takes place uh, on a human colony out in space as uh, humans have expanded beyond Earth, and you can kind of interact with the different, like, conglomerates that have, have kind of moved in and alien races and all that, and it looks a whole lot like Fallout in terms of, of graphics and, and how interactions go. I mean, granted, Obsidian worked on Fallout New Vegas, so that, that kind of makes sense, and I'm sure they still have rights to the engine and, and all that, but it looks like a really interesting story. I'm I'm excited. The art is, is great. The whole idea, it looks almost like it's mid-20th century vibe, but in space in the future, so it's almost like a retro future vibe, which I'm all about all the time. So, and while I was never a big fan of Fallout, this looks a little more interesting to me because it's more uh, um more sci-fi e than 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 retro future and and isn't i don't know i just i never really got into the fallout games i'll give this one a chance because if, if it does play like fallout i i might not enjoy it but again I'm, I'm willing to give this one more of a chance than anything we know obsidian makes great rpgs so so there's no no worry there at least and I, i'm not concerned so we'll we'll see how that goes, but that that's really it for the the big major stuff for the game awards. I I know there were some other minor announcements, but but I felt that these were the biggest. Oh, I'm actually forgetting one here. Um, the makers of Ark was it Ark Survives? I don't rem- I don't know the the subline on on that game, but it's the one where you you're on like an island with with dinosaurs and whole monsters and shit the MMO they're actually making a new game called Atlas and it looks like it's more fantasy and myth based with pirate ships and like hydras and um other, other things of of that nature and that game look this game looks awesome i'm surprised they're already they're like they keep pushing out updates for arc oh survival evolved i think is what it's called but they keep pushing updates out for that. I'm surprised they've been able to work on a entirely other MMO that looks like it's just ready to go for when it launches. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I want to know more about this game because I've always been interested in Ark, was just never able to really jump into it. But this game looks looks awesome, especially if you can get these giant pirate ships with like 10 sails and uh, not so much like... Was it... Um, Sea of Thieves, but maybe just a, a little a little bit more going on here. But but yeah, that was the Game Awards. Really interesting. I'm sure they're available to stream online if you weren't able to catch them last week. But uh, in other news, Red Dead Online is out and live, and very frustrating. I I got to play some of it before I had to take my work trip, and I, I know Marquis touched on it, but um, I know they finally updated the economy in the game. Because a lot of people were complaining to Rockstar. I, I had some qualms with it. I'm, I'm not too happy with, with Red Dead Online right now. It's just, you start with shit everything, pretty much. Even even with me, who got the ultimate edition of the game, and you got some extra perks for online, you can't even use those right away, because you have to get to a certain level. And granted, with that, you get double XP till you reach like level 30 or something like that. But even then, the, the economy in the game... First off, compared to the main game, you earn, like, pennies on the dollar, where at least you were earning, like, not hundreds of dollars in, in the main game, but, like, 20 10 20 $30. In this one, you're earning, like, a dollar at a time, cents at a time, and it's like, how are you supposed to be able to buy and do things when you're not making a whole lot of money? And then there's also this gold bar economy, which I, I think you could purchase as well, or I, I, I didn't look too much into it. I didn't get a whole lot of time, but... On top of that, everything is infinitely more expensive in online than it was in the main game, which makes zero sense. And it's just, I, I, I they finally upped, they rebalanced the economy because people they realize, oh, maybe we shipped a broken economy here, and it's not like you know GTA where things are not outrageously expensive or you earn minimum like 
pennies because you know the old west where no one earned like money at all anyway but i'm i'm i wasn't happy with red dead online you you start with a shit character at the very bottom your horse is shit your guns are shit and if you jumped into it late at any point in time you're already fucked because all these other people who've been playing it and can dump hours and hours and hours into it are ultimately better so it's almost impossible to do a mission with that you have to play with other people sometimes so i mean yes it's online i understand but like if you're going to have missions you shouldn't have to rely on other people unless it's like a heist or something like that but when you're doing like solo missions if you're not careful you'll just get screwed over like immediately by some other player running around like like i mean granted it's the real wild west but it it's just if you don't have the time to commit, it, it's it's almost pointless to start because at that point you're just gonna get wrecked, and by other players, and it's almost impossible. There's there's almost no balancing to it. Like in a normal multiplayer game, if you're lower level, you're gonna get matched with with other people that might be lower level. I don't know if they maybe change that with an update, but on these servers, I was going in. I was very low level, and I was going in with people who were already like level ten or twelve, and I'm just like. How how am I supposed to compete with these people? They have faster horses, better guns. I can't defend myself. Like, how how am I supposed to get anywhere, make money, if I'm going to get in a shootout with someone who's that much higher than me, with better shit, and I'm just kind of fucked? It, 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 it's dumb all around. Like, even GTA Online, when it launched, wasn't, wasn't that bad in the beginning. But, I mean, uh, you can't do anything with that. I, and I'll, I'll give it a couple more chances. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth my time, really. And I've just caused four now. It is is a far cry from the third one. And I loved Just Cause 3. It was totally an underrated game for me. And I played the hell out of it, got all the DLC. And I'm a little frustrated with four. They just kind of plop you in and don't really explain a whole lot of the new systems or, or or anything like that I, i'm almost ready to like start it over because there's a bit of uh there's like a ground war element to it almost in a sense where you have to like you're there's ever changing lines of of uh like a front line because you go to this country and there's like rebels fighting back against like the leader and there's kind of like it's a war of attrition almost and you can get more people to join you can move the line forward there's other missions and things like that and it's just a little frustrating compared to uh like the beginning of three so it, it's and it almost i know it's a new engine and things like that but graphically it almost seems like it's a step down from three in in certain aspects but I, it's still really fun because you can still wingsuit around right away from the beginning you can um use your uh what is it um, tether and grappling hook right away. And actually there's new like attachments for your grappling hook, like one that you can attach balloons to people and they'll float away. One of them that has like a rocket feature. Uh, one of them that has almost like a, um, what is it? A winch feature. So there's really cool features in it and it's an interesting story so far. I just, the weapons aren't cool and it's just a little frustrating in terms of they don't really explain a whole lot like they did in the last one where um, like liberating certain areas was a little more straightforward where in this one it's a little more vague and a lot more menus and things to, to maneuver that make it a little more confusing than the last one. But that that's just kind of my first thoughts on, on Just Cause 4. But let, let's just kind of move into some other, other news that's been going on. Um, especially with the Game Awards, you know, there was rumors that Rocksteady would finally announce its alleged Superman or Justice League game. They came out and said that they have nothing to share at this time. It's definitely not Superman. So who the hell knows what's going on with that. But to counter that, there's a rumor going that WB Games is working on a Batman Court of Owls game. Uh, so it's not Rocksteady, but it's I think they didn't say Montreal who did Batman Arkham Origins. But this would be rumored... So if you're unaware, the Court of Owls was a new villain group. Uh, It's a villainous group that was added to the Batman mythos with the start of the New 52. 
they're almost like a secret society type um, organization uh, made up of, of Gotham's elite, uh, essentially. And, and they've been controlling and pulling the strings for decades, if not hundreds of years, in Gotham. And in the beginning of the New 52, with the, with the relaunch, Batman becomes aware of them, and it seems like they're the ones who killed, uh, who organized the killing of his parents. They're kind of the ones who force different things to happen, like I said, around Gotham. They have a, um, like an assassin called a Talon, who's like a, a somewhat of a zombie type character. But that's the Court of Owls. They would make an awesome setting for a Batman game. And you could separate it from the Arkhamverse because obviously it would be like the start of the New 52. And I think that's an awesome start for a Batman game. If you ask me, maybe not so much a, a movie just because it, it would need to be more drawn out than that. My, my only concern is make sure you cast the right person as Bruce Wayne and Batman. That That's the only thing. Maybe not Nolan North, maybe not Troy Baker, but hell, uh, the guy from God of War would be perfect for Batman as well. So that's uh, that's a rumor right now. So no word or news on that. I'm I'm sure Rocksteady and WB will have more to announce as as time goes on. It turns out PS Classic is now live. I know a lot of people are frustrated with it, but it turns out it's really easy to hack, and people found. 36 rejected games in the source code, which I, I, it makes you wonder, like, why didn't they put more? You know, the, the NES Classic and the Super NES Classic have a large collection of games, more than 20. But uh, some of those on the list include the first Crash Bandicoot game and the second one, the original Gran Turismo, the original Driver game, which was a really cool game, uh, Parappa the Rapper, which fan favorite, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, again, a favorite, and hey, fun fact, my high school is in that game, and Tomb Raiders 1 and 2. Awesome games. Awesome games that could have been included, but they didn't, and instead they chose some games that, I, I don't know why they chose some of the games that are on there, but if one one could dream, essentially, maybe they'll make an update or something, or make a better one with more games, but probably not going to happen, so whatever. And that's really frustrating. Maybe we'll get a PlayStation 2 classic at some point. You know, when that reaches like a 20 plus year reunion or anniversary, not reunion. Whatever. One one can only hope. One can dream. Maybe they'll release those in some other form in a backwards compatible or like a collection on a disc. But we'll see. Otherwise, you're going to have to go find your original copies to play those. And uh, final bit of gaming news. Counter-Strike Global Offensive, or Counter-Strike Go as it's more commonly known, has gone free to play on PC and Mac, and has also added a Battle Royale mode. So those of you who always wanted to try the original eSport game now have the chance to, because it's free. And of course it's hopping onto the Battle Royale mode like everyone else. Time for some TV news, huh? Uh, Looks like the Halo TV show is losing its director, Rupert Wyatt, who also did the one of the um, Planet of the Apes reboot movies, but man, every time Halo tries to do something live action, it, it just, every step forward makes two steps back. Luckily, this isn't as uh, big or potentially ending as it could be. They still have their showrunner. They still have a season green light, everything like that. This is just the director, so it's not it's not a huge deal. It's it's still a big deal because, I mean, ultimately a director is going to be the one who still kind of hones in the vision of the writers and the showrunner and things like this. And they're the ones who are finally able to, to put things on screen. But luckily it was all in good faith. It wasn't uh, like a parting over creative differences or anything like that. It was it was purely over scheduling and, and things like that because it turns out the show's production schedule is going to be a lot longer than originally anticipated. So ultimately, maybe this is a good thing. Don't get me wrong, Rupert Wyatt's a great director, but maybe someone who actually, uh, I don't want to say actually, because maybe Rupert Wyatt, Wyatt was a really big Halo fan, but maybe someone who cares a whole lot more or a, a whole lot about Halo just as much and is like really deep into the lore themselves might come in and take over and it could end up being a good thing. And 
while it is unfortunate, hopefully this doesn't delay the show. Um, maybe we'll, it will be something good out of this. Uh, in other gaming TV news, just to kind of keep segueing, uh, the book Console Wars, which came out a while back, uh, which tells the story of the fight between Sega and Nintendo in the 90s, between the Genesis and the Super NES, is uh, is becoming a, a documentary or a drama series. Not, not a whole lot is known. Um, it was supposed to be made into a, a documentary movie um, with the backing of Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. So Evan Goldberg is Seth Rogen's like, writing partner and producing partner. Uh, they actually wrote the foreword in uh, the most recent edition of the book. And a uh, great book. I read it on uh, uh, last year or so. It's, it's, it's pretty hefty. It's not, it's not an, a simple read, but it, it, it uh, uses accounts from all people that were involved. Um, it's almost written uh, almost like a, not fictional, but um, not exactly everything is, is quotes or exact. I mean, it's, they, they take into accounts from all the people involved, like Tom Kalinske, who ran Sega for for quite a while and, and helped bring the Genesis to the forefront. But um, it's actually going to be turned into a, a TV series now, which is really exciting because it's uh, not a lot of people realize the things that happened between uh, Nintendo and Sega in the 90s, if at least if you weren't alive for it. And a lot of the, the, the issues that Sega of America had with Sega of Japan that could have cost Sega its, its issues in the console wars and actually could have could have made it a lot better for them if if they had worked together originally. I would definitely check out the book if, if you're interested in things like that. And of course now this docu-series is still coming. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, it looks like Hulu has signed a multi-million, a multi-year, excuse me, deal, deal with Funimation to keep anime on the platform and to bring new anime content. So if you don't have Hulu and you like anime, you should get on top of that now hey look at this mtv and ice cube are working on a another reboot of celebrity deathmatch celebrity deathmatch was one of my favorite shows as a kid uh they did revive it for like a year um in the early 2000s uh, It was the claymation show where people from pop culture celebrities politicians things like that would fight in a deathmatch in like a wrestling match and it was over the top and and just ridiculous hilarious um but i i always loved that show and it looks like they're they're working to bring it back either to a streaming platform or some other premium network uh no word on if it would be claymation again or some other kind of animation but um interesting take because it's probably more relevant now than it was even 10 years ago or so just in terms of like celebrity feuds and twitter feud twitter feuds could like really help bolster this show so that would be uh really cool actually netflix is working on a new ghost in the shell anime i'm surprised that i mean how many adaptations now are we up to like 30 what is this uh neon genesis is going to netflix as well uh one of the most popular and beloved animes uh, I've, I've never been able to watch it i i know about it and uh, i don't know i never really knew how to get access so that's coming to netflix so i'm, I'm finally going to check that out Netflix is also getting a live adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, again, is considered, what, the best anime ever. So, we'll see. And finally, for anime news, Adult Swim is getting a Blade Runner anime show, which is kind of interesting. Didn't think there'd be more stories to tell in that. Again, this is Blade Runner is all based off a short story written by Philip K. Dick. So, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Apparently, The Vision is rumored to be joining the also-rumored Scarlet Witch show for the Disney streaming service. No word on if Paul Bettany is rumored as well. And granted, we got confirmation the Loki show is happening, but we also have been confirmed that Loki is dead in the MCU. The Russo brothers confirmed that Loki is dead for real. So if they do a show like like with Vision and Scarlet Witch... I'm guessing all of these are going to be pre-Infinity War, especially the Loki one. But then again, it could be post, because we don't know if the Vision's coming back in any way, shape, or form in uh, the new Avengers movie, which we're actually going to talk about soon. The new trailer came out. 
Uh, got word on when the new Picard show, Star Trek Picard shows, coming, and that should be the end of twenty towards the end of twenty nineteen. It's unfortunate we have to wait that long, but again, they haven't even started filming; they only just started writing. So that's that. Let Let's talk about Daredevil for a second because I, I wanted to, to devote some time to this. So the news that pretty much most of us felt was inevitable, inevitable, but was hoping wouldn't come true, happened. Daredevil three or Daredevil. I don't know why I keep saying Daredevil 3. I guess because it's season 3. Daredevil got canceled after its third season. And this is despite the fact uh, an independent like firm came out and said that viewership was actually uh, high. High demand for Daredevil. Uh, it was actually one of the, the four highest demanded shows based off like internet chatter and uh, what people were searching for. Um, and the other three being Stranger Things, Narcos, and... Um, another Netflix show that I can't think of off the top of my head, but Daredevil th- uh, Season 3 was a very in-demand show. And the fact that Netflix canceled it, it was very surprising to people. Like like I said before, Luke Cage was understandable. The se- Season 2 kind of flopped. Uh, Iron Fist, understandable. People hated the first one. Second season was an improvement, but still not not great. But what was unexpected was Daredevil, because Daredevil had always been a favorite among fans, very highly well-produced, very well-written, very well-received in terms of of review scores and things like this. So it was very odd to hear that it was canceled. Now, I'm going to be with probably a majority of people here, and and I'm pretty sure this is because of the Disney Plus announcement. Like, it's almost a guarantee that Netflix did not want to compete with Disney, or it's uh, probably out of spite, and they're like, screw you, you know, you had signed this deal with us, and now you're going to go off and do your own thing and produce Marvel shows, and in a perfect world, you know, we'd have both, and it wouldn't be an issue, but uh, there's rumors that the Marvel shows that are going to be on Disney Plus are being handled by the Marvel Movies team, and not the Marvel TV team, who don't play nice, for what reason, I have no clue. And it's all just petty bullshit that's going on behind the scenes at Marvel, mostly. It's not even Netflix and Disney, it's mostly just Marvel stuff, if uh, if rumors are to be believed. And this goes back just all the way to how technically everything's part of the MCU, but it's almost as if the uh, Netflix shows and... Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. take place in just a completely different universe, despite being in the same universe. And I, I just... I, I, I don't know. And I'm, I'm fucking pissed, because Daredevil's amazing. And, you know, we're still getting a season two of Punisher. We're still getting a season three of Jessica Jones. And it's like... So, with, with the cancellation of Daredevil 3, granted, people are still going to watch season three of Jessica Jones and season two of, of Punisher, but it's like... Why even bother? Because they're just going to get canceled as well. And what what's the what's the payoff? We're not getting a Defender season two. That's almost a given at this point. And we know that that Marvel's not going to use them in the movies. So I, I I don't understand what the the idea was for this. And then Netflix comes out and says that their stuff wasn't bingeable this season and blah blah blah. But it's like no, Daredevil season three was amazing. I I just don't. I don't know what, what, what's going on, and, and it's unfortunate that we're going to be losing great streamable shows that are bingeable and just fun to watch and an engaging story, and it's just a shame. It really is, and and, it, and and it's bullshit that these companies have to play petty games like this, and and just, it, it hurts the fans, and it hurts the brand. But they don't give a shit because they still see dollar signs everywhere else. So it's like, fuck you if you care. Fuck you if you don't. We're still getting our our money. And and it's just shitty all around. It, it's just really shitty all around. And it sucks. And I really hoped we were going to get a, a Daredevil Season 4. And possibly a Punisher Season 3 or things like that. And, and now we're not. Because of all this bullshit. And, and it sucks. It, it just, it really sucks. Alright, enough depressing bullshit. Let's talk about the movies, huh? The silver screen. Into the Spider-Verse isn't even out yet, and it's already getting a sequel. 
and it's going to be led by an all-female cast. Hopefully, the, with the return of uh, Spider Gwen and and maybe some other characters, that that should be really interesting. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this this new one's really good. I know reviews are in, and it's it's getting spectacular reviews. I'm I'm gonna see it this weekend, and I'll I'll have a review for you guys on on next week's episode. Uh, got some announcements in terms of people writing movies. Uh, the the writer for Black Panther is going to be writing the Call of Duty movie or Call of Duty movies. I there there wasn't really clarification on if it was just one or all of them. Apparently they're working on multiple, which doesn't make any sense. And then the guy who wrote Triple X is set to write the Gears of War movie. And with an announcement, uh, Dave Bautista again threw his hat into the ring, saying he wants to play Marcus Phoenix. Hopefully he gets picked because I think he'd be perfect for that. He's got the size for it. Uh, Kingsman 3 is still happening with Colin Firth and Taron Egerton. The previously reported uh, uh, Kingsman movie that's going in production is a prequel. So they still do want to make a third one with with those two. And I'm excited for that because two kind of left off on a cliffhanger. um, And the Kingsman movies are just great all around. So I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, Resident Evil is getting rebooted. James Wan is producing. His he's, his name is just all over Hollywood lately. Um, I guess uh, Resident Evil 7, the most recent game, kind of reinvigorated everything. And, and it seems like they want to get back to their horror roots. And, and that makes sense, especially with having James Wan as, as the producer. Uh, it turns out they have found their director, who's also going to write it. And uh, so that, um, I think they expect that by 2020. So at least four years between... Four or five years between the last one and the new one. Tom Hanks is rumored for a live-action Geppetto movie from Disney. As I've said before, it looks like Disney just wants to make a live-action version of everything. But this seems like it's going to be more the Maleficent route, kind of giving a secondary character their own live-action movie. I don't know why you wouldn't just do Pinocchio. I don't know why you focus on Geppetto. Nobody cares about Geppetto. At least Maleficent is like a beloved villain. I mean, that makes way more sense. Uh, There's new rumors on two different DC movies that Warner Brothers is working on. One of them is Blue Beetle. One of them is Plastic Man. One of these makes sense. One of them does not. Blue Beetle makes a hell of a lot of sense. And, of course, they're focusing on the third Blue Beetle, uh, the current Blue Beetle, uh, Jaime Reyes. You know, they, they want to make sure that they have superheroes that, that everyone can identify with. And Jaime is a Latino teen, so that, that ultimately makes sense. You know, have a lot of diversity. Not not every superhero needs to be a, a hulked-out white dude. Whereas, uh, and, and, you know, before I go into the Plastic Man thing, Blue Beetle's an awesome character. You know, he's got this... Uh, he's nothing like the Blue Beetle 2, which who's Ted Kord, who kind of invented all his stuff. Uh, instead, Jaime has a... Uh, it's called a Scarab. Um, um, if you've watched Young Justice, you know all about this. But it's an alien device that essentially attached onto his his spine and gives him all these powers that he can kind of like generate stuff on his uh, in his suit, it's almost like it's almost like an Iron Man suit. Not not gonna lie, it's almost like an Iron Man suit, but it's it's got like the nanotech that Tony has in Infinity War, where he can just like develop whip weapons at will, almost like Cyborg as well. And very interesting character. Maybe they can tie in like the Reach, which are the alien race that created the Scarab, things like that. Be it'd be really cool, especially if they adapted like. The storyline of season two of Young Justice, because that could work for a Blue Beetle movie. Plastic Man, though, on the other hand, I don't think anyone's really asking for that, calling for that. Like, not even like Guardians of the Galaxy level. Plastic Man just doesn't doesn't make sense. Nobody even cares about him in the comics. Like, who gives a shit about Plastic Man? I mean... I know he kind of tied into like the Dark Knight's metal storyline and stuff, but I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like, Elongated Man is kind of cool on, on The Flash, and I know he's a separate character with the same exact powers, but I, um, I'm really questioning this decision. You know, DC's already getting a lot of rap for their, their choices, and now they're just going to go even like weirder. I, I don't, this makes zero, zero sense to me. I, I hope. I hope so. Someone up upstairs knows what they're doing because Plastic Man 
makes absolutely fucking zero sense. I, I don't get it. And on top of that, uh, it looks like Marvel is developing a Shang-Chi movie, which is interesting because uh, apparently about 13 years ago when they had started pitching their ideas for the MCU, uh, Shang-Chi was actually one of the heroes that they were pitching. He's like a master of Kung Fu. And obviously, you know, you want to ch tap into that Chinese market. That's where the money's at right now. Speaking of, of the Chinese market, Aquaman had a record-breaking opening in China last week. Uh, most ever for a DC Comics movie. Most ever for Warner Brothers. And actually the fourth largest superhero movie opening in the country. Made $93 million in China on opening night. And it's tracking to make about 65 opening weekend here, which is which is really good. And, uh, you know, early reviews have, have come in, and, and they're really, uh, early reactions, I should say, have come in very positive, very positive. So I'm, I'm excited, very excited. And hopefully this is a, a good next step for DC. In terms of other adaptations, it looks like uh, Between Two Ferns, the Funny or Die web series where Zach Galifianakis interviews celebrities between two ferns is is getting a film adaptation on netflix i don't know how you turn an interview show into a movie uh they're making a gi joe spinoff uh about snake eyes it is moving forward with the director of red which is a really cool movie with bruce willis and stuff men in black 4 gets an official title men in black international seems like maybe it's not going to be a full-on reboot since they're not rebooting j and k but I think M and H are the character names for Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth's characters. Liam Neeson has also been cast in an undisclosed role. Uh, that should be out next year, actually. No word. Uh, we've only had like one or two official pictures, so not a whole lot is known about that. And what is this? Uh, someone asked Chris McKay on Twitter what he was working on or if they could get a Lego Batman 2, and he pretty much said like, oh, we're working on it right now while they finish up Lego Bat or the Lego Movie Two, so we're getting a Lego Batman Two. Uh, Lego Batman Two, I actually got a free copy of this um, through Xbox. It, it's an okay movie. I I know a lot of people loved it. A little too campy for me. I I uh, I'm not big on camp in my Batman anymore, uh, really at all. Actually, um, but it was cool what they did. The the what they do with the Lego movies are just insane how they've been able to accomplish that the mix between real and cgi and and getting the the parts uh excuse me lego bricks and elements to move you know in unison and and how they make it it looks like stop motion when it, in reality it's it's not but i i, I kind of like the stuff they did it and they made references to all the other batman stuff but maybe they can expand on that in lego batman too and and maybe not be uh I don't know, it was it messed with the canon just a little too much, if you ask me. But, again, they don't have to really follow the canon, because technically, all the Lego movies, with the exception, I think, uh, of the Ninjago one, take place in, like, a kid's head. But I do like Will Arnett as Batman. He's a great Batman voice. And, what is this? Uh, we got, technically, the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home came out but has yet to been be shown to people outside of Brazil's Comic-Con. So there was a trailer description that got announced and, and things like that. And Jake Gyllenhaal is officially playing Mysterio, but apparently he's a good guy helping Spider-Man take down some other villains. So I don't know... I don't know how that's going to work, unless Mysterio's just pulling a fast one on us, because that's what Mysterio does. And... and there, most people are expecting that trailer to be released online soon. I'm sure they didn't want to do it too close to the new Avengers trailer, which would kind of go against everything that happened in, in Infinity War because Marvel said that Far From Home takes place after Avengers 4. And speaking of Avengers 4, we finally got a trailer and a name. So, Avengers Endgame. Trailer... I'm going to just say this. Very underwhelming. Very, very, very underwhelming. I didn't even think it was real because they dropped it like early Friday morning. But it starts with Tony talking to a like destroyed Iron Man mask. He seems to be on 
um, the ship that Nebula crashed onto Titan at the end of Avengers Infinity War, uh, floating through space. They kind of show the other Avengers kind of solemn and talking about everyone that got like wiped out, how half the universe was wiped out, and and just everything spread out, and they don't know who to go to, and uh, they show off um, Jeremy Renner's new take on Hawkeye, who's now Ronin, uh, based off the comics, when he kind of goes to Japan on like a soul-searching trip. It's a very solemn trailer, um, meant to convey that a lot of things changed, a lot of not good things happened after after Infinity War, and uh, just everyone's trying to regroup and, 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 and everything, and it doesn't seem like there's a big time jump, but there might be a, a bit of one, because uh, granted, we don't know what's going on yet, other than this is them going to try and take the fight to Thanos. But what I will say is there's, there's something interesting at the end of the trailer, and it has to do with an Ant-Man, Scott Lang, who shows up at uh, the Avengers facility, I guess, or somewhere on, on a security camera. My, this is my big question. How did he get out of the quantum realm? Like, spoiler alert for Ant-Man and the Wasp, it's six months now. It's going to be on Netflix in January, if if, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Janet, Hope, and Hank all got dusted. So how did Scott get out of the quantum realm? And that's going to be a very important question, and I'm sure central to this movie. But again, we don't know a whole lot. Granted, it's only our first trailer. My money is on, since Tony's kind of adrift in space, my money is on Captain Marvel finding him and then bringing him back to Earth. And that's how she's going to get... Uh, granted, she was called to Earth by Nick Fury before he got dusted. But my my bet is on her finding him and bringing him back. And speaking of Captain Marvel, again, another bit of an underwhelming trailer. I got a lot of cheap Green Lantern vibes from the Captain Marvel, the new Captain Marvel trailer. But that dropped on Monday... And a lot going on, um, showing off her powers, kind of showing off um, her working with the Kree and, and how her Nick Fury are, in, are going to interact, and a lot of different things going on, and, and her flying around and blowing shit up. Not getting good vibes from this movie, and that is not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. But a lot of interesting things, like I said, still going on in the trailer. No Coulson shots, interesting, but uh, we we see a, a Quinjet prototype from the 90s. We see uh, Jude Law's character. We see a shot of Ronan the Accuser before he becomes the Accuser, I'm guessing. More interactions with the Scrolls, and also Ben Mendelsohn's character. He's playing the main villain. So a lot going on. I'm sure we'll get more and more as as we get closer to the release date. I think Captain Marvel comes out in March. So I'm, I'm sure we'll know more by then. But again, both of these trailers did not do for me what they, they should have done. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next couple months. But that that's kind of it for movies. Um, bit, bit of an underwhelming week there, I guess you could say. But that's really it for the main main news of the week. Uh, as you all know by now, I was out last week and uh, was out, out of town for work, and I actually got a chance to finally read Batman White Knight, uh, one of the first things published under DC's Black Label. Uh, it was a collection of all the, the issues. So in it, it's a story about uh, Joker goes sane and Batman kind of becomes the villain. I don't want to spoil it too much just because it's an amazing story that I think I I would definitely put in my like top five of Batman stories of like alternate alternate Batman stories that aren't part of the main continuity, and th they are writing a sequel which I I now cannot wait for. But I cannot recommend Batman White Knight enough. There's such an awesome there's such an awesome story going on in there that that it it it's a different take on everything. It involves a lot of the different characters. And it, it explains a lot of things in a way you would not expect. And it, it has an awesome payoff at the end. But definitely check out Batman White Knight if you if you get the chance. And I really hope that DC maybe turns this into one of their um one of their animated movies soon. Also got Loot Crate. Uh this past month's theme was Laboratory. Uh this is for November. Um it 
the box is really cool. The interior of the box is kind of themed like a like a science uh, kit that you could get home at home. The pin is a like a nuclear waste container that says "Screw your lab safety, I want superpowers." Uh, the shirt was a Westworld shirt. It has like three of the drones that were introduced in season two on it. Um, it came with some like Marvel art cards, like art prints. They're five by seven arts. Um, it's four of them. It comes with Spider-Man, Green Goblin, Venom, and Carnage, which is really cool. I'm not so into this, but there's a like a little figure from Bioshock of a um, sister, of a little sister, a Los Poyos Hermanos uh, tumbler cup from obviously Breaking Bad, and uh, that that was kind of it. It was, uh, and they, you know what they, they did that really makes me happy is they finally reintroduced like the Loot Crate magazine, which has kind of been absent for a while. They were just doing like cards and stuff, but I'm really excited they finally brought this back because it was, it's a, it's a lot better. It's a lot more, um, I guess you could say like way more user friendly, <laughs> I, I guess, um, it's just, I, I, I prefer this because they can put different things in, different advertisements for their own products, and kind of connect more and, and have more um, more things written down, more reasons for why they, they chose different things and explain the different things. Because before it was just kind of like, oh, here's a picture of what you got and what it is. But the Loot Crate Magazine kind of thing goes a little more deep into what it is and why they chose it, how they designed it, and why it makes sense and things like that. So I was happy they brought that back. And then just kind of final bit of fun news. Uh, looks like Ron Burgundy is getting his own podcast with Funny or Die. So Will Ferrell will be doing a Ron Burgundy podcast starting in 2019. So be on the lookout for that because I'm sure it's going to be hilarious. But that's it for Nick's Nerd News. As always, I'm your host, Nick. Thanks for stopping by once again. Uh, make sure to check me out on Twitter, Nick's Nerd News, on Instagram, nicks.nerd.news. Uh, website is coming soon, uh, and I, I will make sure to make announcements once that's done and published and up, up and running for everyone to, to go click on and check out. But I'll see you guys again next week. Um, just want to let you know and be prepared. We will not have an episode the week of Christmas, just to allow everyone to decompress and and enjoy the holidays, and uh, you don't need to hear me complaining about any bullshit or anything like that, but um, yeah, n nothing for the week of Christmas, so next week's going to be the last episode, we'll take a break, and then we'll return in the new year, but uh, thanks again, Nick's Nerd News, I'm Nick, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.